need not apply. The only exception is the outstanding Writers of the Future series, which has, for decades now, devoted itself to discovering new writers and introducing them to the public. Many a fine career has begun in the pages of that anthology series. And I'm not the only one who has tried to find a way to use the net to reinvent the sci-fi magazine. My modestly titled Orson Scott Card's Intergalactic Medicine Show is my effort to try to keep alive for a new generation of writers something like the situation I found when I was starting out, with occasional print anthologies drawn from the online zine to help draw people from the bookstore to the net, I hope we, and others as well, can succeed. But what about my short stories? I'm not starting out anymore. I came to the short story party, I jostled around for a while, and then I went on to write novels, which is where my career is firmly settled. A short story collection, called Maps in a Mirror, brought together most of my short fiction from that early formative stage of my career. Only a few of the early stories were excluded, the ones that belonged in story cycles, like The Worthing Saga and Folk of the Fringe, or the stories that were always fragments of novels, like the Hatrack River stories that ended up in Seventh Son, Red Prophet, and Prentice Alvin. I was done with short stories, wasn't I? And yet here we are with another big fat book of short fiction by Orson Scott Card. Where did all this stuff come from? What's the inducement for an established writer to return to the short story market? While it's true that short stories require less typing than novels, they don't take much less in the way of development. That is, to get a story ready to be written, to bring it to ripeness, takes about as much time and effort no matter how long the finished fiction turns out to be. So why would I devote any time to writing short stories for a few hundred or sometimes a few thousand dollars when I can get many times more if I turn that idea into a book? Believe me, that's not a rhetorical question. Sometimes, when I'm late on a book which will actually pay the bills, and I stop to write a short story that I promised an anthology editor, my wife looks at me and says, only more nicely, What were you thinking? Not a good question. How does a serious novelist end up with more than 200,000 words of short stories, novelettes, and novellas? One answer is, I'm one of the writers who gets invited to take part in some really cool anthologies. Robert Silverberg tells me about a series of big-name-only science fiction and fantasy anthologies he's editing and invites me to contribute a story to the sci-fi volume. Sure, I say. Are you kidding? He's not just a friend. He's a legend in the field, and it's going to be a great book. Or a total stranger says, We're doing an anthology of stories about the Vietnam War, and I say, I didn't fight in that war, and I didn't fight against it. I don't see what I could contribute. But then my mind starts ticking over the problem, and I realize there is a story for somebody like me to write, and so I write it. Or they're putting together a book for the World Fantasy Convention just at the time that I'm developing this cool concept of the source of all the stories of the Flood, and so instead of waiting till I'm ready to write the novel, I write a very long story that gets it down on paper. It's a trial run. I'm still going to write the novel, someday. Or I go to another country and see a plaza that is so fascinating I have to set a story there. And just at that moment I'm reading a fascinating book about elephants, and those two things come together and I have to write the story. Or Christmas is coming, and on a lark, I decide to whip out a whimsical little Christmas story. So, it comes to four things driving this novelist, at least, to write short stories. One, the irresistible anthology. Two, stories for a particular occasion. Three, the big idea that has to get down on paper, so I might as well try it out as a short story first and see if it's good enough to grow into a book. And four, the jewel of an idea that is fully formed and simply has to exist as a short story, even if it doesn't make me any money. Story by story, I'll tell you in afterwards just how each of these tales arose. Right here, though, I'll simply tell you how surprised I was to realize just how much short fiction I had written over the years. 
Some of my best work is here, I think. I appreciate your being willing to look at my shorter pieces, and I hope you find them worth the time you devote to them. But I hope you'll also remember that there are new writers out there trying to be part of the conversation. Look for the magazines, online or in print, and the anthologies and collections. Give them a try. I can promise you that now and then, more often than you might suppose, you'll find something and somebody wonderful. Because if sci-fi is to survive as a genre, it won't be because readers stuck to books with familiar names on the cover. I grew up in the era when the great triumvirate of Heinlein, Asimov, and Clark ruled the field. But they aren't producing much anymore. They moved on. So will the next generation, and the one after that. If there is no new generation to take their place, then the genre becomes a part of literary history, no longer able to produce great new work. And if a new generation is to take flight, it will fledge in the nest of short fiction.